Names are a funny thing. Because when we hear a name, it's both, it can be both particular, but also lead us to something well beyond that. We hear a first name of maybe a friend of ours, but then we, we think of all the people who share that name. And some names, because of the power of the people who hold them, evoke even more response on our part. We hear the name of a politician, and we respond. We hear the name of you know, Pope Francis or whoever, and we, we think of something greater than ourselves. Some names, unfortunately, because of the evil done by those people, lead us to think of the worst that humanity can offer, right? When you hear the name Hitler or Pol Pot or one of, you know, of a, you know, someone who's committed heinous crimes like that, we, we, we almost naturally go to thinking of the things that they did and how evil and wicked they were. But we also, when we hear good names, when we hear Mother Teresa, Francis of Assisi, we think of the fullness and the grandeur of what humanity has to offer. Names have a way of pulling something out of us, of making us think and feel more connected to the world. And in our own experience of the world, our own name has a powerful impact on our life, especially if we have a name by which only a very few call us. A little nickname or a name from a friend or a loved one that that, all, that person only can call us. And it, it just makes us feel so loved, even if it's silly, even if it's weird, for instance. I know in my own family and among my, my closest friends, my parents, they call me Patty. They've called me that as long as I can remember. And when I hear my mom or dad say that, it just kind of opens my heart. Even though I'm, you know, 35 and a pastor and a priest and don't live anywhere near them, like I'm still their, their little boy. I'm known and loved. And ultimately, that's what names help us individually to, to do, to experience. To experience the fact that people know us and love us because they know my name. In this same way, God speaks our name to us in the silence of our hearts. In the same way that God spoke to Samuel in the first reading, in the same way that God spoke to St. Paul, in the same way that Jesus appeared to Andrew and Peter and all of the apostles, the Lord desires to speak and to call us and does do this repeatedly in our lives. But sometimes it's hard to respond when we hear it because the volume is up so loud in our life. We're so concerned with all of the things that are going on. And understandably so, we have to deal with the realities and the challenges of life. But sometimes that volume can be so high, we miss God speaking like he did to the, excuse me, the prophet Ezekiel in that still, small voice. Or excuse me, that was the prophet Elijah. Ezekiel's a different prophet altogether. But still, small voice. And sometimes God speaks to us in big, blatant ways. But we don't follow because we are concerned. We are afraid that if we follow that voice, we will lose something of what makes our life good, what makes our reality unique. And sometimes we hear it and we respond, but we respond in all of the wrong ways. I know in my own life, my, my, I hear God's voice oftentimes, and I can so easily you know, respond like a bowl in a china shop. I, I just know this is what God's calling me to do. But maybe he's calling me to use something like, you know, just like a, a tweezers or something, and I want to use a sledgehammer. Right? We hear our name spoken by God. What are we to do? 
We get this great example today in our first reading, well, really in all of our readings. We get this great example of responding to God, calling each of us, each of you, by name. Samuel is unfamiliar with the voice of God. He hasn't, first, he hasn't really experienced God yet. And so Eli gives him a great response. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So when we hear that voice of God, our first thing is to be receptive, to be open, to hear with open heart, mind, and ears, to trust that the Lord is going to guide us to something greater and to something grander, to trust not in our own ways, but to be open to what the Lord has. We also see in the gospel this beautiful response of St. Andrew. He has converted his life. He's living a pretty radical life as a disciple of John the Baptist. And yet, when Jesus comes into his life, he's willing to go even further. He's come such a long way, and yet when the fullness of truth is revealed, he's able to respond with a radical gift of self. And so much does God love us, and so powerful is God's calling of us, that it's always effective. As the prophet Isaiah tells us, the word of God never returns void. Andrew hears Jesus say his name. And what does he want to do? What does he do immediately? He goes to his brother and says, hey, we found the Messiah. And And Jesus calls him Simon and then gives him a new name. And so too with us when God calls us and we grow in that intimacy and connection with us, with him, He gives us a new name, his beloved, his son, his daughter. This is the intimacy with which God desires for us all to experience relationship with him. To have that, in a sense, pet name that only Jesus gives to us in the silence of our hearts. This is what he desires for all of us, to be so fully immersed in his love and in relationship with him, that we cannot help but say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, and then to go forward to do his will. But it's a reminder to us as well, as we try and strive to live out our faith daily, that we live out our faith in intimate relationships. Yes, we want to speak truth to power. Yes, we want to do all of these things and build up the kingdom of God. But we start in a way by thinking Small and intimately. Husbands and wives loving each other. Husbands and wives serving and loving their children. Children loving and honoring their parents. Friends investing in one another. Getting to know each other. Opening your heart to your friends in a way that you've never spoken to anyone. Being vulnerable. Allowing God's love to infuse all of your relationships. This is what happens when we hear God speak our name And we open our hearts to his will. We see a new path. We open our hearts to a new way of thinking and acting. We recognize the glory, the grandeur, the majesty, the marvel of God is in the Lamb. And that's perhaps the most beautiful and powerful thing we get today from our readings. When John the Baptist sees Jesus in this gospel... He doesn't say, behold the grandeur and power of God. Behold your king. No, he doesn't say that. What does he say? He says, behold the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. The one who will take all of our sins onto himself. 
The one who will lay down his life so that we may have life. The one who comes to us in meekness and mildness and in just perfect love to show us the way to the Father. We find Jesus by losing ourselves and by imitating the Lamb, by listening and following after that loving call, that voice of the good shepherd who knows us and loves us intimately. Isn't that a beautiful thing, right? We talk about Jesus as both the Lamb of God and the good shepherd. Even crazier, on the cross, Jesus is the priest that offers the sacrifice, the altar upon which it is offered, and the sacrifice itself, so that we can be known and loved perfectly. So that when God speaks in our heart, he speaks the truth, he speaks the fullness, and he speaks mercy and love and redemption. God is speaking in your life right now. Open your hearts to him. Maybe you've not heard his voice very clearly. Maybe you're struggling with sin or brokenness or frankly just the realities of this world which are enough in and of themselves right now. But God is speaking. Open your hearts. Sit before him. Just as Samuel did. Sit before the blessed sacrament. And say to God who speaks your name, who speaks your name with perfect love, perfect intimacy, listen, open your hearts. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening.